y'all. Welcome to What's Up Deck, the chillest tarot podcast with the punniest name. I'm your host, Liana Marie. Let's see what's going on in the tarotverse today. Hello, hello, and welcome to a writing focus episode of What's Up Deck. So yes, often the main focus of this podcast is tarot, is magic, is some more witchy things. And while I love all of those things very deeply, and they will always have a very special place in my heart, a lot of what I love and a lot of the reason I stumbled into those practices in the first place was because of my love of art, my love of creating, specifically for me, my love of writing. Writing has always been the way I express myself ever since I was little. I've loved reading. I've loved writing. Writer was like the first thing I ever wanted to be. (laughs) I went to career day in my third grade classroom as a writer with a briefcase that had a pizza box laptop that my mom and I created out of a Rosati's pizza box. (laughs) And and I would legitimately like sit at home weeks after this career day, just like sitting on my little pizza board laptop, pretend like typing fake stories and like just writing because it made me happy. And uh, there was, what was that freaking... It was some computer program. Come on, my fellow gifted and talented kiddos. I know, or just anyone who attended a public um, elementary school. What? What is time? A pub attended a public elementary or middle school. It was like Story Weaver in like the '90s, early 2000s. This time, something like that. You could like pick different pictures and you could write different stories. And I don't know. Anyways, I'm on this tangent because I've always loved writing, <laughs> and it is always something that I wanted to do, wanted to be, you know, write these, you know, works that, you know, have people read them or whatever, you know, the, you know, the dream is published at some point eventually, but as I've gotten older and learned to, you know, divest my dreams from capitalism and the man, it's really been more important for me to make art, like just make my art, make what, you know, write what I feel like I'm supposed to be writing, work on the projects that excite me and really not worry about, being a published author, you know, and getting caught up in that place. If you've ever been on my website, that's where the kind of tagline or phrase that's there a couple of different times, make art, not content, is coming from. Because I feel, especially right now, creatives of all kinds, writers included, are we're, we're, we're kind of having to be our own everything. <laughs> surprise, surprise. And the publishing house model, the agent house, agents whatever model is probably dying if not dead right we saw we saw it happen with television and it's probably going to wind up happening the same way as it has already started happening with writing and so authors are having to spend so much of their time creating content creating you know writing poetry that fits in a small little instagram square and then playing the instagram circus games of will people see my beautiful art and or insert social media of your choice here they've all got algorithms but i digress so in this world in and then you just throw a pandemic flavor on top of it you know pandemic pancake flavors on top of this and just pour it all over delicious creating sometimes can feel less like what we want it to, which is, you know, this beautiful, joyful flow of when we find this, like, artist's deep zen space, you know, where we are, like, one with ourselves and our creative muse, and we just follow that bitch wherever she runs, right? And so I wanted to do this episode around 
something that I think is really important to my own personal creative process, especially my writing processes, and something that I talk with my writing students about all the time, and that is the importance of brainstorming. So I think brainstorming gets a bad rap because it is, if you're like me, and you know, kind of throwing this back again to um, some specific things that I mentioned earlier, maybe about some gifted intelligent programs or just kids who liked to write and uh, those were the classes you excelled in. If uh, any of these are feeling resonant, if any of these are things that were also you, my guess, brainstorming was a part of the process that you had to do, right? Because And it wasn't something you wanted to do because brainstorming was for, and I'm just going to lay it out there because I used to be a teacher and one, I used to be this student. And then two, I would call out students who used to be this student when I was their teacher where brainstorming is for the dumb kids, right? Like it got this really weird, gross, elitist rap of like, if you had to stop and think about what you were going to write, it meant you weren't creative, right? It was just another way to shoot yourself in the foot and then not wind up doing anything. Um, and so I didn't ever want to brainstorm because I always had my, had an idea. I always knew what I wanted to write. I was, you know, have one idea. I had a notebook full of ideas, just begging for a creative writing teacher to notice me, right? I was that kid. And so you know, have one idea, gasp, you know, half the rest of the class is like struggling to fill a mind map. And I'm like, I don't need to mind map. I have an idea and it's like pretty much perfect and I'm just going to write it and you're welcome. And I was allowed to hold on to that idea as true for a very long time because I am a creative person and what I was turning in was no matter what, through no genius or fault of my own, just going to be in like the top upper third of what my teachers were reading for, again, lots of reasons that were, had nothing to do with my genius. Well, you know, my young, like three-year-old, whatever, third grade, I'm going to write a story in story. We were obvious genius, if you asked him then. And <laughs> that, you know, this, this mentality haunts us, right? And so as we come into our own as adult creators, as people who have time, make time, do these things because we want to get better at our craft, sometimes that mentality and idea of that, that like ugh, brainstorming, I don't have to do that. If I have to do that, then I'm doing something wrong, right? And I really want to push back up against that. And it's something that I do with my author yourself students. It's something I offer as just like a one-off offering too, uh, brainstorming sessions, because if you can create an in-depth, intricate, just like full of delicious creative muck, if you can create a web that will sustain you through the process of writing, you know, potentially a larger project, then that is really the key. That's really, you know, how you continue romancing your ideas and returning to them over and over again. That's how you get yourself back to the desk. And so it, it, it preempts any sort of writer's block because if you've got this web uh, and, and this way of looking at your project that you'll find that, Everything you do winds up being related to this project. And, uh, and again, this is where, my, for me, my magical practices come in as well. And the more that I allow myself to follow my whims and follow my creative muses, the more I find things that I wasn't expecting in places I wasn't expecting. And then all of a sudden, holy crap, I'm going to write this scene, right? And it just comes out in that beautiful flow way that we always want. So 
The rest of this episode is really going to be some tips and tricks for ways to brainstorm that maybe you haven't tried before. If maybe some of the things that I was talking about uh, maybe resonated a little in a way where you're like, oh, maybe I do have this idea that brainstorming is just not a step in the creative process. You know, we have the idea, we go to write the idea, and we think that's the idea. And it it can't change because we had the idea, so we're going to write the idea, right? And I think that is true for a moment. That's true in the generative space, but zooming out and then doing something with that is the next step. And I think that's where a lot of people who would like to be making more art often get stuck. So let's talk about brainstorming. I mentioned mind mapping. Again, if you're a former gifted and talented kid, a burnout gifted and talented kid, uh, you probably have a love-hate relationship with mind maps because they were something that like felt like it was slowing you down, right? Because <laughs> you had to do it in a certain way. And really, they were trying to teach you, they were trying to teach an entire room something that you probably instinctively knew. Uh, so I'm going to give you this opportunity and invite you to play with mind mapping in a way that works for you. There's really great online programs for this now. You can literally just hit that Goog, hit the Google, and uh, like mind map, mind mind. Meister. You know, there's so many different ones and some of them are going to want you to pay things and some of them aren't. And I encourage you to find the free ones. They work great. But the process creates that web. It, create, it literally creates a web. It creates, you know, a big kind of mess, a creative mess that allows you to draw inspiration for an extended period of time. And so mind mapping, I think, is really great if you can get yourself into that generative space. I also want to encourage you to brainstorm with another person and brainstorming with them, not so much where they're necessarily coming up with ideas too, like sweet, if they have one and they want to jump in and that is useful to you, then yeah, but you know, you're the, you're the queen of your castle here, like make your own, make your own boundaries uh, for this brainstorming time. But what I want you to do with this other person is let them be the person writing it all down. Let them be the scribe. And you, my friend, are going to let yourself just be the genius. Just let yourself be the one with the ideas. Just write. Just say things. Right? And then afterwards, look at what your friend has, you know, kind of put out in the mind map. And then maybe you switch. You know, maybe you find a creative friend and you do this for each other. I think that's a great way to uh, be co-creatively useful. Another thing you can do if you are rocking the quarantines solo or, again, you know, just maybe don't love working with others, prefer to do it all solo, you can record yourself just talking, talking about your idea and then listen back to it and that's when you can fill in your mind map you know there's nothing to say that you have to be able to do both of these things at the same time and again often I think in fact when people have bad experiences with brainstorming it's because they're having an issue switching back and forth from okay I had an idea now I have to put this idea down but I have to put it down in a place that I feel like I can remember it that I'll find it again that makes sense okay well where does this idea fit how do I do this right and brainstorming becomes this wieldy thing with an organization that stops creativity as opposed to anything that encourages it. So those are some thoughts on mind mapping. Another thought on brainstorming is to have a free write to finished text process. And what I mean by that is I, as a writer, I can't go anywhere without a notebook. Like I just can't. And it needs to be a notebook and not just my phone 
because I have a bad habit of writing brilliant things in my phone notes and then never looking at them again, <laughs> right? It's just gone forever. So for me, what works is having an actual written notebook that uh, because I'm going back through it for, you know, work things and life things and I write my you know, grocery lists there and at the end, you know, at various points of my month, I'll go back through kind of the last month's journal and pull out all the things that might be something I want and then I'll put it in my various online documents. And that's one step. I'm not trying to edit when I do that. I'm just letting myself take the free write generation stuff. I look at what is in my book, you know, decipher my loopy ass handwriting and be like, hmm, is this something? And whether or not I think it's something, I'm going to just try and write it out. I'm going to transcribe it. I'm literally just going to write it out, no judgment. And then on another look, once it's already typed and in this form, now I can go back and decide if I like it, if I want to alter it, if maybe this was a moment where I wrote a whole five pages to get a sentence, right? I think you know, Gloria Lanzaldula talks about writing to discover. And I think that this is the key to brainstorming and free writing of just letting ourselves allowing ourselves to disconnect from any idea of purpose of utility of what the finished product might look like of organization of the finished product you know divesting ourselves from that and not focusing on that for long enough for us to discover where we're going anyways right and i think again this comes from for me at least the schooling that i received around creative anything for a really long time was so focused on fitting everything into curriculum, right? So I could only write so much, could only spend so much time, had to be done, had to have due dates because the cycle of school had to continue, right? But the creative process does not run on that cycle. I used to laugh when I would you know, look up when, you know, my next book in the novel, whatever series that I was reading at the moment, and then the author would inevitably be like, I'm a novelist, stop asking me, it's done when it's done. And, you know, my type A ass who always had to write on a on a deadline was like, but what do you mean? Why can't you just have it done yesterday? What do you mean you need 17,000 years, G.R.R. Martin? What do you mean? Right? I was impatient. And we will all always be impatient for the books that we love. But also, now that I'm actually trying to write one of these motherfuckers, <laughs> I'm actually trying to write something of this length or something even close to it, I understand. Because when I first had my idea for my extended series, that's going to take probably most of my life to write, and that's fine. I, I'm excited about that. When I first had the idea, I was like, I'm going to get book one done in three months. I have the idea. This is the idea. This is what it's going to be. And then I I mean, I'm going to give myself credit in that first month and a half to two months of that. And then what was probably about one month of just writing of the actual book. You know, I had a lot of world building to do. I got pretty far. I got pretty far. And then I stopped because life happens. And But it gave me a really good opportunity to go back and look at what I'd written. And thank God, because what I if I tried to write this novel that I want to write in some short amount of time like that, like some short three month one year whatever insert your short ass timeline here it would be shit and it's not the book I want to write right like the ideas I have are so much bigger than what I'm able to get out on a first draft and that's okay and that's the message I want to give you like allow yourself to write shitty first drafts allow yourself to write first drafts that like quake you to your core allow yourself to write dialogue that is so stand in that you can hardly bear to read it it's fine let yourself be a shitty author because you can edit 
a bad sentence, but you will stare at a blank page, right? Which one is doing something? Which one is procrastinating? Oops, yes, we know what's going on, right? So, okay, I'm not sure which of my brainstorm tips that was. I'm kind of going stream of consciousness here. And you know what? That's fine. Writing to discover. That's what we were talking about. Another uh, brainstorm tip I'm going to give off real quick is having th um, using outlines. Uh, and this might feel counterintuitive, but it is uh, the outlining feature in Google Docs or Microsoft Word or insert word processor here can be a really helpful way or bulleting to just organize your thoughts as they're coming out. Your outline doesn't have to be the kind of outline that you would turn in for, you know, again, <laughs> the trauma of creativity being taught in public school sometimes is, uh, you know, you don't have to like turn in an outline that's like each sentence is its own line and A follows from one, follows from B, follows from 17, you know, and subsection A. It doesn't have to be this like clinical document, right? Sure, that outlining feature can be used for that, but the outlining feature can also be used for, I think I have some ideas and maybe this, these bullet points are going to turn into dialogue and maybe these bullet points are going to turn into plot lines and who even knows what this is maybe this bullet points a character if it's allowing you to write just do it and the second that the structure gets in the way just get it out as best you can and just keep writing um, I think typing can be really helpful for people who type really fast if that's the main way that you are able to get ideas down fast then literally just open a document and if you write three words on that document great congratulations you've brainstormed maybe that's where you start it's certainly where I started I've got plenty of pages in my notebook where it's just like four lines and I'm like I hate that and that's fine I used to cross that out because I didn't want any record of me having thought ever to be on paper when it wasn't perfect right but you no know, just keep going, just keep going, draw a little squiggly line and keep going. And more often than not, you're going to turn back to those four lines that you are glad you didn't scribble out at some point. And even if they are as shitty as you thought they were the first time, it's probably going to point you somewhere else. And you got them out. That's the most important point. Sometimes you have to just get the shitty lines out so that the better lines can follow afterward. One of my favorite writing podcasts, the 10 Minute Writers Workshop, well, uh, I can't remember which author they interviewed for this. Ah, oh, it's going to bug me. I'm going to try to find it after this, after I record this. But they talk about pushing forward to the third thought. So for example, you're thinking, I might want to write a thing. You get to the first thought. A lot of people are going to have that first thought, right? So push to maybe the second thought, the second way of doing that. Mm, okay, so I could do this, but maybe I'm going to, maybe that's a little expected. I'm going to push to the second thought. And that second thought, you know, fewer people will have had that second thought, but still a fair amount. So Maybe push one more further. Maybe ask a question that feels a little personal. Really dig down to maybe how you would look at this. And then let that be the third thought. And that third thought is going to be far more unique. And you can't have a third thought before the first thought sometimes. You, know, you just got to let yourself write shit before the rest of it's going to come out. And so in that vain. I just wanted to send a little bit of love, a little bit of energy to my fellow creative friends who listen to this podcast. And if you're in any sort of rut, if you are feeling like you just can't get started on some of your projects, I hope that these brainstorming tips can help. Uh, other ways that, you know, for maybe some witchy ways that you can spark your creativity as well. Uh, Ace of Wands is a really great card to work with to kind of get that spark energy going. Ace of Cups, Aces in general can be really great for creation. I have a whole episode on that. 
but you know they they have you know great symbolism around beginnings of things and inspiration and, and and the start and so those can be some good cards to work with in your own creative endeavors i'm a big fan of candle magic around creativity you know having a candle for a certain project or having a candle for your writing time having a ritual around some writing time even if it's something that takes limited prep you know I'm talking just like light some incense or light a candle or or get some water and, you know, have a sip and then also put some out on your altar while you're writing. It can be small, simple magic. It doesn't have to be huge. Um, but those are some things I like to do when I'm getting the creative juices going, when I'm running workshops. And so, yes, happy creating. And if you're ever interested in a brainstorm buddy, feel free to check out the site. i got plenty more tips and tricks where those came from. And the poetry or writing that I'm going to feature today is actually a little bit from my own creative brainstorming process. So one of the things that I'm currently working on, kind of two main projects, I have my larger written series project, and then I have a, a collection of what's probably going to be poetry and essays. That working title is The Closet is Still in the House, Queer in the Time of COVID. And it is a big, large, sprawling project that has turned into a lot of different things. And I love it. I'm very happy with the directions that it's turning as I continue to allow myself to just write to discover. And I had an idea for some poems or as, as a recurring theme throughout this work to have some poems around spell work and what that means to me and why I love calling what I do for myself, you know, specifically magic and spell work. And, you know, as, as a, as a creative person, borrowing from that place of metaphor, if that makes sense. And yeah, so this is just a little bit of brainstorming I did around, around that. I was looking through some of the works that I already created and collected and curated for this, for this project. And, you know, noticed in a couple of my pieces that this was something I was already doing. And so just gave myself permission to just brainstorm on the idea of, okay, so if I was going to make, you know, the idea of spell work or spells or daily ritual spells, some sort of grounding anchor in this piece, if I was going to do that, what might that look like? And this is literally just a page of my brainstorming. It is not going to sound like a whole, whole lot. And that's fine. But I'm very happy with what came out of it because what I think came out of it, I think I went in trying to write a poem and I came out with many titles of poems. And isn't that exciting when you accidentally download a table of contents <laughs> and it gives you so many places to go. So here is a little bit of messy brainstorming from my creative muck. Some simple spell work poem titles and one that might be mostly finished. I really like the idea of living a life of spell work, of spell books. I made of ancient pages, some stuck, some withered, some faded. Brush fingertips across my many spines and find the magic hereafter. Breathing deep with anxiety. Sitting still with walnut tree. Cord cutting and yarn stories. 
dancing with cigarette on balcony. I've been knitting myself together and wound up with a hat. Drinking tea with depression. 30 seconds of tapping. Make meal for disordered demon. Ritual cleaning with isopropyl. Dancing with depression. Moving in the dark. Ritual bath with heartbreak. Candle weeping with grief. Vigil in closet altars. Confusion with love spells. A possible title, when I say spell work. Can include elements of spell work, ingredients, magical processes, practices, etc. as part of the prose. And a quick micro-poem that came to me as I was making this list. Called Morning Tea. The breakfasts are for productivity, but Earl Grey is for me. Happy creating! Thanks for tuning in to this episode of What's Up Deck. You can find me on Instagram at This Piece of Work. Or if, like me, you wish to avoid social media whenever possible, join me in my corner of the internet at lianamarie.squarespace.com, the best place to book me for tarot readings, writing workshops, and movement instruction. Bye!